The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello there and welcome to episode 360. I hope that wherever you are today, you're doing very well and if you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, you can head over to my website, robertjamescoaching.com and there you can book in for that free session or if you prefer, you can send me a message uh, to let me know about what you're struggling with. In today's podcast, we're going to be shining a light on actually a very common aspect of OCD, and that is the way in which our minds amplify our fears, often making them seem actually far, far worse than they actually are. Um, Now, if you struggle with OCD, then I'm sure you're familiar with what I'm talking about here. You know, often our fears end up feeling like a kind of towering giant. Only in reality, most of the time, they're not at all. They're more like a a kind of shadow on the wall. And, you know, this is uh, a big problem with OCD. We're we're so often taking these thoughts very, very seriously uh, when we don't need to. Now, I have a question for you. Are you subscribed to the podcast um, on your particular podcast app, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify? Are you subscribed? Could you be subscribed? That would be amazing if you could do that. I would really uh, appreciate it. Also, would you consider giving the podcast a review? That would also be amazing. So many thanks, guys. Uh, I really hope that you enjoy. And if you have any questions at all, do please let me know. Off we go. I wanted to start with a quote by uh, the author of uh, the book Rewind, Replay, Repeat, a memoir of obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, Jeff Bell. And this is a quote. "Um, I've come to learn that my initial fear about a situation is almost always worse than the situation itself. My fear of what might happen is much scarier than what actually does happen. I've learned to deal with my OCD symptoms to the point that they rarely, if ever, get in the way of my normal life. Now, this is uh, obviously a a kind of really positive and and uplifting uh, quote here. I read this this book years ago and actually found it really, really inspiring. Um, You know, this this guy, he's uh, he was a, a radio news anchor. And, you know, he, he kind of talks a lot about his, his insights that he had from, from years of dealing with, with OCD and the fears and the obsessions that obviously come up with it. And, you know, I, I think what he's talking about there is, is so true. This is really one of the things that tends to kind of keep us stuck with OCD is that our fears um, about it are really the thing that um you know when we focus on those it's very it's very difficult for us to kind of move forward 
Um, those intrusive thoughts, those obsessions, really, they're all rooted in fear. And that, that fear can be about, obviously, so many different things, depending on what your particular themes might be. Uh, it could be contamination, fear of harm, fear of making a mistake. Uh, so many people with OCD are, you know, perfectionists. You don't have to be a perfectionist. You don't have to recognize yourself as a, as a perfectionist. But, you know, a lot of people with OCD um, are. Um, here's the kicker, though. While these fears actually feel real and intense, they often don't really reflect reality at all. They can do, I guess, but most of the time they do not. And, you know, it's it's really kind of almost like we're, we're watching our own personal horror movie um, day in and day out. And we're feeling, obviously, if we're watching our own personal horror movie, which is really all about giving us uh, personalized fears, the things that we, we really don't like, um, you know, so when we're experiencing that, all day long even though you know we know that we're kind of safe maybe we're at home maybe we're sat on the on the sofa and we're relaxing and we're, we're kind of thinking to to ourselves I should be relaxed right now I'm at home I'm watching tv I'm with my partner I'm with my family or I'm doing this like this doesn't make any sense why is my brain doing this to me why is it giving me all these thoughts why am I so anxious um, you know, what is wrong with me? And all sorts of uh, really horrible kind of self-judgment comes up. Of course, we get annoyed, we get frustrated with ourselves. Um, you know, this is a big part of the kind of, you know, the kind of opposite uh, of self-compassion uh, that, that tends to come up with OCD, unfortunately. It really is a big part of it. Um, you know, we, we get frustrated with this situation, uh, with the fears and feeling like they're kind of controlling us. Um, so, you know, this is all really related to uh, a kind of, it's not necessarily um, something that is is broken with people with OCD. You know, um, I really try to focus on positivity when it comes to OCD. And I really uh, don't like the word disorder in, in that OCD acronym. Um, I think it's much more helpful to think of OCD as a spectrum um, you know, and depending on what's going on in your life, if you have lots of stress or if you're, you know, you've been experiencing OCD for a long time and it's spiraling out of control, you may be further down the line on on, on that spectrum. Um, you know, but that word disorder, it gives this idea that there's something inherently wrong with people with OCD, that that their brain is is broken. And I think this is very unhelpful, actually. You know, I, I really feel that um, everybody uh, has this ability because of neuro, neuroplasticity to, to change and to grow and to develop and to pick up new habits and to respond, you know, to OCD behavior in a different way over time. And that's why actually things like acceptance commitment therapy and ERP um, you know, have been proven to work for OCD because despite the fact that, yes, currently if you're in this kind of behavior loop of responding to these uh, difficult thoughts and emotions in a certain kind of way, uh, kind of trying to push them away and perform compulsions, then of course it's going to feel like something's broken, like, you know, that you can't get out of this way of doing things. 
you know, but but my belief is that it doesn't matter how long this might have been going on for, you really can change this. You really can turn this around. But of course, when you're in the middle of it, it really does feel like, you know, something is uh, wrong, that your alarm system of your brain is kind of going off all the time. And it's this um, false alarm that kind of turns a simple thought into a perceived threat. And this is where that, you know, that horrible situation comes where you're sat on the sofa, you're meant to be chilling out, watching Netflix, and it's Friday night, yeah, you finish the work week, but it feels like there's this shadow above your head, this monster that's trying to get you. Uh, you know, and that metaphorical monster could be contamination, it could be fear of harm, all sorts of different things. But when we actually step back and examine these fears, you know, often really what we find out is, is that they are very exaggerated or unrealistic. And, you know, the likelihood of something kind of terrible happening is is usually much much lower than our OCD would would have us believe, um, but of course with OCD it isn't um, it isn't so much about that. It's much more about the fact that emotionally um, we feel very bad in that moment. We feel a lot of anxiety, and logically, you know, when we take that step back, maybe we do some mindfulness, we do some breathing, we're able to see. Um, you know, that actually that, that thing isn't quite as bad as we thought. But it's still difficult. In the moment, we still feel some anxiety there. And, and that's because on an emotional level, um, you know, it still feels painful. On an intellectual level, we understand, yeah, I'm here on the sofa. There isn't a monster behind me. But on that kind of intellectual level, it's uh, sorry, on that emotional level, the fear is still there. It's still there in the background. It's kind of like software that's just running and it's constantly kind of uh, bringing these things up into our consciousness. Now, where does this come from? Um, you know, well, it's, it's thought that people with, with OCD and anxiety um, tend to have a kind of overactive amygdala and this is known as kind of the fear center of the brain. And in people with OCD for, and it could be numerous reasons, it could be uh, experiences that you've had in your life, it could be traumatic events that you've been through, uh, it could be uh, learning from different situations, it could, be, uh, it could be genes. So, you know, it could be nature, it could be nurture, effectively. We're not entirely sure, but it, for some reason, people with OCD do tend to have this overactive alarm system or, or the amygdala that is constantly firing and telling you that there's a threat, there's something wrong, when in actual fact, a lot of the time, you know, there isn't actually anything that wrong. It's just your brain telling you that. And that's why we're getting this kind of message. Fortunately, over time, uh, as I was just talking about earlier, you can learn how to quieten down that amygdala by uh, choosing um, actively to not pay attention to it so much. When it goes off and we notice that alarm clock ringing, we don't actually have to respond to it. We can allow those uncomfortable feelings to be there but we don't actually have to get 
caught up in you know all of those compulsions which we know are only going to kind of leave us lead us down into that OCD trap so what are some kind of real life examples of of this well um, if you take somebody with uh, contamination fears um, they might actually be terrified of shaking somebody's hand uh, because obviously they perceive there's a, a kind of high risk of of getting uh, some kind of bug or illness if they do that um, now in reality you know while there's a small risk it's you know really not as catastrophic as their OCD and their amygdala is is telling them um, or actually consider someone who who fears causing harm um, they might be going back home uh, repeatedly to check the stove um, even though you know they've they've already kind of been late for work four times that that week and um, you know often OCD gets to the point where it's it's really interrupting our personal lives or our work lives and you know when it's doing this that's really a, an indication um, you know that we really need to be getting some help with it um, anyway this person keeps going back repeatedly um, even though they they know that they've never actually left it on before so again this is really a kind of perception that is something there's something wrong um, you know rather than than the the kind of reality of the situation where most of the time there isn't so what can we actually do to to kind of uh, deal with this to kind of bridge the gap between those two things um, now of course um, it really comes back to you know the classic strategies with OCD and anxiety um, you know we need to do exposure work we need to to work with somebody to to help us to gradually uh, face fears without performing compulsions um, you know it's like turning on the light to see there's actually no monster under the bed and you know that monster is actually just a pile of cloves there's nothing that we need to kind of concern ourselves uh, with too much um, other strategies obviously involve uh, more of the kind of mindfulness-based uh, approaches things like acceptance commitment therapy uh, teaching the, br uh, the brain to kind of respond more accurately to uh, perceived threats by actually creating a little bit more separation between ourselves and our thoughts um, so often when we're really caught up in the throes of OCD we are taking our thoughts literally and we're running with them they pop up into our consciousness it's a horrible thought there's a part of us that recognizes hmm I think this is OCD but there's another part of us that really wants to get rid of the uncomfortable feeling that comes up with that thought and so of course we we start performing those compulsions if instead we're able to take a few deep breaths maybe we do two minutes of very deep and slow uh, breathing um, maybe we uh, just go for a mindful walk um, when we kind of do these things what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to take a bit more of a bird's eye perspective on the situation we come into the body um, often I encourage people to just if they're at home you can just do some cleaning for five minutes by mindfully focusing on the body as you're doing cleaning actually what you're doing is you're giving everything a rest you're coming into the body for five minutes you're focusing your attention there you're getting yourself out of your head and remember with OCD most of the time um, the the really big problem is that we're caught up in our thoughts we're caught up in our head and actually when we come into our body and we give all of that thinking 
a bit of a rest for five minutes. Often the body just kind of takes over and this kind of uh, this greater awareness comes over us where we just begin to realize I don't need to focus on that anymore. I don't need to pay attention to that thing. Um, it's a bit easier for us to kind of then maybe uh, use that special word maybe with our thoughts where, you know, we're no longer demanding to have certainty about that thing. Instead of kind of playing that OCD game, we're able to kind of say to the thought, yeah, maybe that that is true. Maybe that could happen. Um, and then we choose to make a conscious decision to, to refocus our attention onto, onto the present and get back on with, with our life. Uh, and of course, when we start doing this on a regular basis, then, you know, we're really beginning to put OCD back in its place again. So there we go, guys. I really hope that you, you found that one helpful. This is obviously a really important area because our perceptions about our fears are really, if we allow it to, it will influence, you know, everything. Um, uh, when it comes to OCD and how our how our days are kind of panning out for us, and so really reflecting on that, reflecting on you know the narrative um, that that's kind of unfolding in your life, is it a narrative that you're creating by choosing to focus on your values and taking action to to make uh, to make your goals happen in relation to those values? Or is fear the thing that is guiding your life? Is it avoidance that's guiding everything? Um, if so, then obviously OCD is is kind of uh, uh, a little bit on top. It, it seems like at times in your life, and you know, I would highly recommend that you 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 start to work with somebody to help you with that. Um, you know, because it's a, a very difficult place to be. I've been there myself. I know just how hard that can be. So, so yeah, if you can get help, you know, it's one of the, the best pieces of advice that I can give is to, to try to work with somebody, you know, to really help you with, with the OCD. So there we go, guys. Many thanks. Really hope that you enjoyed and I will see you next time. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.